This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. And welcome back to White Ladies in Crisis. It's a podcast dedicated to women slowly losing their marbles. <laughs> and we are back for a new month of erotic thrillers. Well, Maybe erotic thrillers. <laughs> We're talking about 1996 Lifetime movie, The Babysitter's Seduction. And I'm here as always with Gina Radcliffe. Hello. As well as Jen Adams. Hello. And I, of course, am Joe Lipset. And folks, I'm interested to hear, have you seen a many Lifetime movies before? No, I I think I've been aware of a lot of them and kind of joked about a lot of them. But no, this might have been the first one I've seen all the way through. Okay. And Gina? Um, I've seen a couple. I've seen, of course, Mother May I Sleep With Danger, which mm-hmm. which this, this podcast seems to have been created for. <laughs> uh, I've seen a couple of these Stalked by My Doctor movies, which are, <laughs> right. which are incredible. And, and if I had extra time, I would just do a podcast strictly about the stock by my doctor movies. Oh my gosh. There's Spin like off. five of them or something, isn't there? Yeah, there are a lot. He just cannot stop stalking. <laughs> oh gosh, we shouldn't even laugh at that. And I yet. know, that's true. Yes. Well, it's just one of those things, right? Like lifetime traffics in this kind of sensational ridiculousness where I feel like we are actively encouraged to either confront and or laugh at really serious issues that are affecting women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's it's kind of one of those things where you laugh and then you're like, eh, I, I feel bad yeah. about that. I shouldn't be laughing at this. But it's yeah. just so campy and kitschy that it, it's hard not to. And I feel like a lot of this, especially a movie like this, is very much a product of its time, too. Oh, God, you know? yes. Because what was, this was 96, I yeah. believe? I don't know. Yeah, it, there does seem to be kind of like a minimization of these issues, you know? Oh, well, sure. You've got the, you know, you've got, you're, you're still coming out of the, the Amy Fisher era. And I think that certainly with... You know, her in this movie, you're putting on the dead wife's clothes. That That's very evocative of the movie Poison Ivy mm-hmm. uh, with Drew Barrymore, which is really a, a you know, big, you know, shocking moment where she dresses up like the wife and, and the, the husband's all like, you know, a Twitter over this. And, and mm-hmm. you know, so there's a lot of there's a lot of elements of these kind of things, you know, but really kind of toned down. Yes. Mm hmm. Because it's so much more readily available, right? Like, you're not having to go to the theater. Because, of course, this is before streaming. Obviously, there was a direct-to-video market that was pretty active around these times. But I think Lifetime realized, oh, we can get a lot of mileage in terms of audience if we do rip-offs of more successful properties or, like, a made-for-TV version of real-life events. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a show on ID Discovery that I am a sucker for called Deadly Women that this it feels like the lifetime movie version of true crime, you know? And so like movies like this, I think, feel like the easily digestible, like let's like soften off the edges of things. And I think it it almost feels like the precursor to things like Snapped and like our kind of obsession with true crime. It's like, let's let's look at these things, but from a safe place, you know? Mm hmm. 
I'm curious, though, who do you think is the target audience for this? Is it teenage girls watching this at slumber parties? Or is this for housewives who are maybe looking for something a little bit steamy? Oh, it's housewives. It's one yeah. percent okay. housewives. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I think if there were teen, if this was a teenage girls audience, there would be some more hot guys in it. <laughs> there, there are none although i will say i recast the role of bill as matthew reese in my head for this entire movie and it made it way uh more seductive <laughs> yeah i mean we, we should probably get out of the way like who one of the stars in this is mm. and 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 you know, how it kind of puts a, a you know different light from from the get-go in in your enjoyment of this motion picture yeah, yeah, so I guess just in case people have not seen The Babysitter Seduction as we all now have, <laughs> here's the logline. The mother of the family for which Michelle, who is played by Carrie Russell, babysits, dies unexpectedly. Michelle is asked to take over looking after the children and is gradually seduced, in quotation marks, <laughs> by the father, who is played by Stephen Collins, who at this point was just beginning Seventh Heaven. More on him as Gina teased in a moment. When suspicions arise that the mother had been murdered and had been having an affair, Michelle unknowingly becomes enveloped in a web of lies until she herself is suspected. Basically, the husband did it, and he's planning on framing her. Yes. Blah. Why is the seduced in quotation marks? That feels weird. <laughs> like, that, that's almost like what was she wearing when she was seduced, quotation marks, you know? Well, and the funny thing is, is, so this film doesn't have a Wikipedia entry, hmm. which shocked me. I thought mm -hmm. that all of these Lifetime movies would. So I was just looking for a basic plot recap, and I couldn't find one. So the only thing to draw from is IMDb. And if you're on IMDb, then you might as well look at the dumb reviews, because <laughs> it's always mm. interesting to see what people latch on to. And I think the reason seduced is in quotation marks is because there's a bunch of people who feel like she is the one seducing him, even though he is obviously Ooh. planning on framing her for the murder. Mm -hmm. And she's she's not a child, but I mean, she's significantly younger. Yeah, I, I may have more thoughts on this later. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she is 18 and he is meant to be 40. Mm -hmm. In truth, she was 20 at the time of filming and Stephen Collins was 50. Ooh. And uh, yeah, so as Gina teased, it has come to light in the last decade that Stephen Collins is actually a predator of underage girls. I think he's been charged with it, and I don't know that he went to jail or if he just like paid hush money, but there were at least three underage women who have accused him. And, uh, yeah, he basically was driven out of the industry. He no longer acts, and he's not in the public eye. I was going to say, he has actually been canceled. Mm -hmm. the, the, the rare successful cancellation. So go mm -hmm. go us. Go team. Yeah. It was still early. We didn't know what we were doing. Right. We, you know, <laughs> he didn't mean it. He was just mm -hmm. jerking off into a potted plant. Come on. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's like, do you, everybody deserves second chances. Oh, oh totally. Mm -hmm. We've gone too far. What will white men do? I know. <laughs> yeah, I saw a uh, thing that today a tweet that was like base cancel basically just means i can't get laid anymore god even that would be at least a little satisfying for some mm. of these men yeah it's also worth mentioning that he was not the biggest star to cancel too so mm -hmm. you know feels a little different than trying to cancel like 
Yeah, I, I didn't want to say names. We're not missing anything. Like exactly. Yeah, you know, wouldn't the wouldn't the you know the film industry be so much better if we had Stephen Collins back? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, clearly, this film would testify that yes, we are missing <laughs> a genius of the acting world. Uh huh. Um, okay, so what are your overall impressions of the babysitter's seduction? Well, I had no real idea what to expect with this other than there would be a babysitter that was seduced in it, mm-hmm. given the title. Yeah. Um, and I will say, like, I, I liked it. I thought it was interesting. I watched it on the same day that I watched Cape Fear again, which is something uh, that we're oh watching. For no- yeah. No, see, that is a sexy thriller. That is a sexy thriller. But there are very similar themes because yeah. Juliette Lewis's character there is very, like, sexualized by an older man. Mm-hmm. That's not what the movie is about, but that was just watching the two of them together, you know. I was watching that and had a lot of thoughts about Cape Fear. And then I watched The Babysitter's Seduction. I was like, they're really not interrogating this at all. No. It just feels very surface level, very like scandalous, you know, Mm -hmm. which I think is, you know, and they're both from the 90s. So like you can't really say one is more. I mean, I guess Cape Fear is a like serious movie, you know, whereas I don't necessarily think this was trying to. But I just found it very like it was very victimizing of her. You know, it's it, it just I don't know. It was uncomfortable in a way that I don't think the movie really understood or really tried to understand, you know. Mm-hmm. I just wanted it to, to be more fun. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, these movies to me, and, and, you know, it's probably wrong, and I should be a little bit embarrassed, but, but they're weirdly entertaining to me. I think by design, so I don't know yeah. that you need to apologize for yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, they're just, it, it needed to be more to me. I, I mm-hmm. think that they were trying very hard to make it a classy thriller, and these movies don't need to be classy. They they need to be trashy. Mm. And 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 again, I'm thinking I'm thinking back to the movie Poison Ivy, which is extremely trashy. That that might be the the you know the the, the pinnacle of trashy erotic thriller. Mm. Um, but you know, I think that they wanted the elements of, and maybe it's because you know you could only in in you know mid '90s lifetime. Now, I mean, I haven't seen any recent. Lifetime movies. I don't know because you know, as you guys would, you know, would agree. You know, cable has got has you know been able to go much further right. with graphic sex and violence over the past just over the past decade. It's you know, some of it surprises me. Like if you watch like an FX show, like how much they're able to get away with. Mm-hmm. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. Whereas in the mid '90s, it was still you were very restricted as to how much you could show, how much mm-hmm. you could say, how much you could depict. So, you everything here is very much you innuendo, and it's like it's just I, I wanted more from it. Mm-hmm. It was too competent. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to believe that this is two years before last month's movie Wild Things, which yeah. came out yeah. in '98, right? Mm-hmm. The leap. From this to that is astronomical. And yes, we're obviously talking about basic cable versus theatrical. But I went into this with the exact same belief, Gina. I thought this was going to be trashy and lurid and we would feel a little bit sleazy, but we would enjoy ourselves. And I think part of the problem for me is that this is falling into the other camp from Lifetime. So there's the tawdry Mother May I Sleep with Danger where it's like, I shouldn't be enjoying this. And then there's this stuff, which I believe 
it thinks that it is making some kind of social statement, like watch out for predatory older men, but also younger ladies don't mistake being rich as having it all and, you know, be careful what you aspire to. Like, this is a Mm -hmm. message movie, but you're right, Jen, it's unwilling to actually interrogate its own ideas because it's a Lifetime movie. So it's so surface level as a result. It feels like it wants to be an after-school special for Carrie Russell's character, you know? Yeah. But then can't decide if it wants to be, like, a fun thriller with this gun-toting maniac person who's so <sighs> suave, but, you know, but It's just actually. disappointing because I've seen a version of the message-slash-moral movie. There's another one that I've seen that has this super cute kid he was in Friday Night Lights, one of the the last couple of seasons. Oh, um, mm-hmm. Jeremy, somebody. Anyway, the whole movie is about him getting addicted to internet pornography, and it spirals Ooh. so badly that he ends up getting kicked out of school for drug use, and then he dies by suicide in the school pool. Wow. <laughs> It's so batshit bananas uh-huh. that it becomes lurid, even though it's very much about like, parents, do you know if your child is looking at internet porn? This mm-hmm. is what will happen. They will die. <laughs> it's like the update of Reefer Madness. <laughs> A little bit, yes. And I feel like that's what this is trying to be, but it doesn't want to push the envelope. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about Ms. Gary Russell, because she is obviously the star of this show. This is, I believe, a couple of years before Felicity would really hit her into a higher gear. So she's very much an ingenue. Is she not the most beautiful person you've ever seen she's in your got life? Amazing hair. It's, oh a, my it, God. it's all about the hair. Yeah, isn't it? I, it's, it's distracting how nice her hair is in this. Oh my gosh! I mean, she's already gorgeous, and I'm obsessed with the Americans, um, oh. especially a particular photo shoot the two of them did. Which oh. um, do yourself Talking a favor. About hot. <laughs> so I just I loved her in this. I thought she was very good, and she was one of the things that I did really enjoy about this movie. And there are quite a few things that I did like. But she was definitely one. I just kept staring (laughs) at her thinking, you're so beautiful. (laughs) I feel like, Jen, you're going to be upping the positivity on the episode. And Gina and I are going to be on the other side just being like, oh. She was fine. I I agree. I agree with her. Yeah, she's fine. (laughs) I, yeah, I think that she's competent, but also she doesn't get to do anything. Like Mm -hmm. the heel turn from being the good girl to the bad girl, I thought was enjoyable, but it also seems to happen overnight. Like he gives her a car and she becomes a bitch. Uh Uh-huh. She becomes a bitch in quotation marks too. Right. Yeah. And then that apology at the end feels very surface level, you know? (laughs) Okay. So what about the bad man, Mr. Collins? I did not like him. (laughs) Is it just because we know and it makes it hard to watch or is he not good? Yeah, that's an honest question. That's a good question. I don't know if I can yeah. honestly answer that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, the problem, one of the problems for me, at least, as to why the movie doesn't work as well as I would like it to, is they don't have any chemistry. No, the, you know, she she's fine, and you know her. It's not a problem with her acting, but I, I do not buy that they have some sort of you know, sizzling connection with each other. Mm-hmm. It's just not there for me. 
you know, mm. she fe- she feels like the babysitter at the beginning, and she feels like the babysitter by the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even the moments where she's trying on the dead wife's dress and the jewelry and that kind of stuff, like it obviously is meant to feel like a child playing grown up, but it never goes beyond that like at a certain point you should believe okay she's still a girl but she's in over her head and she's trying to play this wife of the house but the only scene i get that in is when she does her hair in the french braid so that she can interview potential housekeepers mm-hmm. which side note did she just stop going to school for the entire movie <laughs> because She's She's very difficult to get a hold of, apparently. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yeah, I I think it is hard to separate Stephen Collins from this role, especially given what we know. And I don't even really know too much about that. But I think a lot of my problems with him and the things I fault Carrie Russell for, a lot of that is the script. You know, I just don't think like this is a huge arc that I think we're supposed to buy that doesn't have nearly enough time or depth to be believable at all. I don't think he's some mastermind criminal. I don't think that she would fall for him. Like, he doesn't seem suave enough. No. You know, that it's not like that car is like a Mustang, <laughs> you know? Like, oh, my God. Everybody carrying on about this car. It's I just know. Like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like a it's shitty like Jeep. Range Rover. <laughs> yeah, it's like, a, you know, a, a, a moder- modestly sized SUV. And everybody's like, right. whoa. Oh, it's a car. <laughs> like she's pulling yeah. up like she's pulling up in a Ferrari or something. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. I thought I was going mad because I didn't <laughs> understand why people were falling over themselves. It's like you gave her a shit car. Got right. it. Right. It's not even a cool color. Her, her boyfriend's like immediately like, oh, well, I guess he's gonna want you to fuck him now or something. Right. Okay, like, I did laugh at that line. Though. It's like, calm down, dude. It's a practically a minivan, you know. Right. <laughs> Okay, admittedly, though, someone just gifts you a car. I mean, I absolutely think, oh, okay, well, you're clearly fucking this person now Mm because ain't nobody giving you a free car. (laughs) Yeah, I I honestly would buy, you know, it's to drive the kids around. I I would buy that. I mean, I I don't know. Maybe I'm not as cynical as I tend to think I am about these things. But, but, (laughs) you know, everybody knows the guy's rich. She keeps talking about how rich he is. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, he's just got this extra car laying around, like, right. like, like we all do. You know? so. <laughs> well, it's the birthday car for his wife, right? Yeah, well, yes. I mean, she is so pissed at that car. She is. Uh, I, like I love a... how, I just love how deflated she looks. It's like, uh-huh. oh, another car. <laughs> oh, my God. And the moment that I really started to despise him was when he said he canceled the babysitter and the reservations for a romantic dinner. And we're going to go yeah. out as a family, meaning the wife has to do a whole bunch more work now. And I was going to say, that just dinner. sounds like a regular night. No, it thank does. you. Yeah, except harder because now I got to change and I don't get to wear my fabulous dress. <laughs> yeah i did like that dress though that was pretty the dress was nice yeah the wife mm-hmm. was pretty i almost wish that we had to spend a little bit more time when i was looking through those reviews a couple of people said oh this movie really you know pulls the trigger early and just kills the wife and i thought yeah that's a mistake we needed mm-hmm. to see more of their dynamic and even like i don't know it's such a weird narrative structure that we kill the wife and then the next twist and I'm using twist in quotation (laughs) marks is that she was having an affair and we introduce this other dude. And then that doesn't really go anywhere. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I I wanted sensational password findings on these computers, and I wanted <laughs> more than a really slow motion boat tussle where mm. the obvious person gets shot. Yeah, w- seemingly with a flashlight too. I loved that cut. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that uh, Stephen Collins' character had the time and the inclination to do a really professional body wrap on that corpse before throwing it into the water. Uh-huh. Very bloodless, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things that I'm missing from this, because this reminded me a lot of um, When a Stranger Calls Back, or I'm sorry, When a Stranger Calls the Remake, mm-hmm. and like... I want some house porn, you know, I want some like jewelry and some fantastic dresses. And I I get that it's a made for TV movie. So there's budget limitations. But like, that's part of what I was missing. Like that, that diamond necklace was beautiful. But it's not like it's the heart of the ocean or anything, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I want her to be wooed by like, fabulous things. And I mean, the car is just like the tip of the iceberg of, of (laughs) mundanity, you know. There's a moment where she's trying on the dress and then later when she's trying on the necklace and she is in the smallest closet and there is just (laughs) shit on the floor taking up Mm -hmm. space. And I thought there is no opulence here. Mm -hmm. I don't buy that these people are millionaires. This looks like my parents closet from when I was a child. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. It's not that spectacular. She goes goes very starry eyed over how fabulous this, this family's life is. I'm just like... Like, all right, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, and you yeah. know, I've been easy I have been easily impressed by wealth in the past. <laughs> but but you know, this was like, you know, the house is very non-distinctive. It's yeah. you know, I mean I guess the fact that the wife doesn't have to work. I mean, sure. yeah, all right, sure, I guess. You know, I mean, you know, lots yeah. of thoroughly middle class people can manage to you only have one of the parents working. It doesn't mean they're you know living a life of luxury. Yeah, there's a bunch of scenes of people walking up that staircase, and it's not an impressive staircase, and it just looks like blank wood paneling behind them. And all I could think of was, like, shouldn't there be gaudy photos of them and the kids? There needed to be something. Yeah, there needed mm-hmm. to be like a massive oil painting of her yes. life or something like that. Or just her strutting around with a fur coat or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of Teresa Russell from Wild Things last month where yes. we see mm-hmm. her. She's never dressed in more than a kimono and a bathing suit. <laughs> and she just is exuding wealth and privilege. And I don't know. I got sad housewife from this poor woman. Yeah. Yeah, and we barely get to spend any time with her, which I really hadn't thought about. And I think if you could see a little bit more of Sally and, not Carrie, Michelle, their dynamic together, I think that would have kind of upped the mystery a little bit because I think it's kind of, it would have been an interesting dynamic for them to not necessarily get along, you know, so that there's the that kind of tension of maybe she was trying to take her place mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe her mourning this person would have felt more genuine, you know, but it's like she just exists to ha- to get a phone handed to her and that's about it. Yeah, I do agree with you, Jen. I blame a lot of the movie's failings on the two screenwriters, uh, Shirley Talman and Nancy Hersage. Mm-hmm. I can understand that they're trying to subvert or change up the formula by not just having it be about Carrie Russell's character getting seduced and the wife is, you know, off doing society things. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of appreciate that we're not supposed to know, but 
the problem is is that I go into this movie, I immediately know that it's the husband. Mm-hmm. And then we have to watch police officers act like dum-dums for the next <laughs> 85 minutes. Right, mm-hmm. and you're like yelling at the screen. It's like, oh, come on. Yeah, mm-hmm. like no one in their right mind is believing the 18-year-old killed the wife so that she could take over like right it's the husband it's mm. always the fucking husband it is always the husband yeah yeah and if you're gonna try to make me believe that then give carrie russell more to do to convince me she's of that, too nice you know? as the problem. she is so nice she's too nice even when she's a bitch she's too yeah. nice <laughs> she gets a little bitchy but over oh, she just she's not conniving Mm-mm. she you know she she wants what they have but not in a way that she just she's going to manipulate her way into that exact situation mm-hmm. it's just they they i think maybe the the writer was too reluctant to have the audience you know kind of have to go along with this protagonist who is actually not a good person. Yeah, mm. we we had to be suspicious of her for this right. particular plot to work, and we don't. I don't believe that she ever wants anything more than... I'd like to live in a house like this someday. Exactly. You know, not, not specifically that house, but she you know, wants wealth someday. She doesn't, mm. she doesn't want to kill anybody to get there. Yeah. And I buy the, this older man is flattering me, you know, like oh, that sure. kind of oh, sure, doe-eyed sure, teenage sure. girl thing. Yeah, but no, not like a, never in a million years would I think she would ever murder anyone for any of that. Yeah, the most authentic scene for me in this film is early on when he drives her home from that first babysitting gig. And he asks her, what do you want to do in the future? And she says, I'm going to go to college. And then he says, what next? And then she confides in him, yes, I want to be rich. And I think this is meant to be the aha moment. Oh, I can pin my wife's murder on this ladder climbing teenager. Mm -hmm. And yet it just kind of feels like, oh, this is a nice conversation I could imagine people actually having. Yeah. Now, if you swapped uh, Denise Richards in there, I think I might buy that a little more. Oh my God, just that eyebrow going up and down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mr. Lombardo, I'd love to live in a big house like yours one day. Uh, She's like curled her hair hair around her finger. (laughs) (laughs) One hilarious thing. We talked about this offline before we started recording, but you also can't cast Tobin Bell as a police detective and not make me think that he is shady as fuck and involved (laughs) in this murder. He's like the case, like a 100% good guy. I know. I believe it. That point at the very end when he is like, tell me your story. That's when I was like, okay, there's Jigsaw. You know, you've spent your life seducing babysitters. Now the babysitter will seduce you. Well, his introduction is at the golf club with Bill, the Stephen Collins character. And I thought, oh, this is them establishing that they know each other, but also they're planning the murder. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. I've got the girl. We're going to move ahead. I'm going to get rid of my wife and you're going to help me cover it up. Mm -hmm. And then no. (laughs) I would have bought that Tobin Bell was the murderer the whole time. That would have been a fun subversion. (laughs) Right? Yeah, he's setting everyone up. The problem is, that, I mean, this was pre-Saw. Yeah. So, but unfortunately, you know, he's so indelible in people's minds mm-hmm. as Jigsaw that even movies he made before that, yeah, you imprint that onto him. So mm-hmm. it's hard to accept him as a 100% good guy in a movie. Yeah, right. it, it just didn't connect for me at all because I thought, oh, well, when is he going to get the reveal that he's been involved in this cover? <laughs> Surely he must be evil. 
Right. Yeah. What if that elevator went all the way down to the sub basement and it's like a trap with <laughs> candles or something? He's just got the wife down there. She's caught in a trap. She's got yeah. two hours to get out of it. Um. Oh. So we also have Felicia Rashad in this movie. I mean, it's just bananas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So some people think that she is the worst part of this film. Other people think that she's doing okay. Gina, I'm taking it that you believe in the former. She's trying so hard to to be like tough and, mm-hmm. and intimidating, and it's just not it doesn't work at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like her personality is that she has a dog, and right that she can't control. Yeah, and that she's also a mom to everyone, too. Yeah, I mean, talk about this movie, like, really being filled with actors that have just tainted everything about themselves, you know? Like, I mean, and Tobin Bell, that's not quite as fair, because it's his roles. I mean, he, see, he from what I've heard, he's a wonderful person in real life. It's just he's right. so of effective in that role that it's hard yeah. to not see him in in anything else and that's mm-hmm. how i feel about felicia rashad with just a, a lot a, a like a very complex mixture of feelings i have when i see her you know and it's just hard i wonder what it would be like to watch this movie in 1996 you know and just really kind of experience it without all of this baggage yeah, that i bring yeah. to a lot of these actors you know yeah it's, it's i guess it's a little unfair to to apply you know, it's sort of like watching a movie that has a lot of things in it that would be questionable now, like, I don't know, like, yeah. like rape jokes and stuff like that. And like, uh-huh. you know, and trying to, well, do I want to watch this from the perspective of, you know, when it was made or in the world today? And of course, right. it's hard not to right. look at Stephen Collins and not just think, well, this is a bad guy played by a bad person. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily think that it's wrong to apply what we know, like we take our hindsight bias and we use it when we talk about this movie now, because I think that's how we grow. Just it it's it becomes a different conversation, you know? Yes, absolutely. And I think part of the issue is that we can't watch this any other way, right? Like if one of us had seen this earlier before several of these people got themselves into political slash public persona hot water Mm -hmm. and just in case people don't understand why jen is making that reference with felicia rashad she publicly defended bill cosby after Mm -hmm. we all knew that bill cosby was a piece of shit just like stephen collins so yep and it's hard to divorce yourself from that when we don't have the nostalgia to rely on so we all came into this cold and it was like we like carrie russell we think tobin bell's a bad guy and oh shit these other two yeah Mm -hmm. and it's really hard to see anything else you know and i feel like the movie doesn't give us enough to surpass any of those things you know right that's that's the primary issue Mm -hmm. it's too it's too restrained it's too trying to be a, a you know, a classy thriller. So it just makes you focus more on, you know, I can't deal with these people being in this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's also really afraid to do anything more than pull its punches. Like, I thought, okay, we're going brazen here when Bill blows up Felicia Rashad's character in her Mel Gibson lethal weapon beach house. <laughs> Like, we see her charred body hit the sand, and Mm -hmm. then two scenes later, she is fine and at the pool pulling Carrie Russell out of the water. I just thought, what the fuck are we doing here? 
right. kill yeah. someone. And I wonder, like, because I had that thought as well, and I'm excited to kind of delve into this world because as much as I, like, love movies like Sleeping with the Enemy and Single White Female, like, I have been deep in the horror genre for years right. now, you know? And so it is shocking to me when characters don't die horribly, you know, uh-huh. or when there's a body count of one, you know? And so <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh, this is it's kind of nice, but also like, what are, what are we doing here? Where's this? Where are the stakes, you know? Oh, God, yes. And that is the big issue with this. Gina, mm-hmm. you said restrain. Jen, you said stakes. That is what's missing, right? Like yeah. this film is afraid to do anything more than do that surface level. And there are no stakes because there are no characters and the Mm. conflict is not inherently believable. Yeah. And like, I look at like wild things because it feels like what happens in that story means something. And I I guess it's just the way it's written. The character development is just not there. It's like, I just, I'm like, okay. Yeah. I did like the moment where she threw the necklace into the knife. I I thought that was fun. Yeah. (laughs) Ha ha. It's what we would expect visually, right? It's like, okay, well, this is a good way to end a Lifetime movie. And I wanted the whole movie to be that, (laughs) you know? (laughs) That, to me, is the appropriate amount of kind of kitsch meets cringe, where Mm -hmm. they're giving you exactly what you expect, but you eat it up because that's what you came here for. And so much of the rest of it was like, where's the salacious, like, where is the sex, ladies? And see, if they had not killed off Sally so early, we could have had some affair scenes. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we got that, you know, you know, we got that pretty good looking, you know, oh. dude on the side. John DeCino. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And, and mm-hmm. you know, but everything is, you know, you know told and not shown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still yeah. photos that are blurry. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so I love nothing more than old technology in movies. <laughs> uh-huh. Because obviously it's not old at the time. So yeah. it, it's super contemporary. I love this idea of like, I'm going to hack this computer. And it's like, <laughs> you're just putting in a password, sir. Right. And it's like secure X is the password. It might be as well be like password one, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I, I mean, that's it. the same reason I love microfiche, you know, it's like when it's like the Doogie Howser computer and it's like the black screen with the green type. Oh, God. Memories. It <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you had to shift from writing your essays on a typewriter onto like an actual computer, but it mm. felt like your eyes were going to burn out of their sockets because you were looking <laughs> at the black screen with the green font for hours. <laughs> uh-huh. And then it printed out on that paper with like the little circle strips the dot, on the, the side. The dot matrix painter. Uh, yeah. Paper, yeah. It would take uh, you like an hour to print 10 pages. Uh-huh. Yeah. You give yourself a paper cut trying to rip off the edges. <laughs> totally. Yes. All things that are more interesting than the movie. <laughs> yes. I am honestly sad at how much of a misfire this is because I thought this was going to be a slam dunk, super fun. We were just going to be rolling with laughter recording this. And instead, I'm just like, I feel like I need to apologize for anybody who spent 85 (laughs) minutes watching this. There were some things that were fun. I did enjoy it. It it was like it, it was a soft landing after a lot of the stuff I've been watching. Okay, so that was nice. It was a nice come down from Cape Fear. Right. And maybe part of this is that our expectations of what we expect from a Lifetime film have either been elevated or 
I don't know. I don't know what the or is in this case. Mm -hmm. It just, I legitimately thought we were going to be getting something more exciting and more ridiculous. So it's Mm -hmm. almost disappointing to see that this is just a tepid thriller that unfortunately isn't all that thrilling. Well, it almost feels like what I think of as a Lifetime movie has become a parody of what Lifetime movies used to be. You know, mm. and so we it's like the scary movie to scream. It's like I just assume haven't seen enough that I think the scary movie is like the template. You know what I mean? Rather uh, than the kind of the the heightened version. So I don't know. Yeah. See, I would love to hear from any listeners who grew up watching these films and, mm-hmm. you know, are familiar with the back catalog. Is this one of those ones where it was infamous or were there other ones like you know i was looking through the list because mother may sleep with danger came out the same year as this but it looks like the top rated one is something called no one would tell with fred Ooh. savage i do i don't think i've seen it but i do recall that one i think that one is about date rape if i'm not if i'm not sure so that was probably more serious than, right. than you know meant to be you know, titillating or a little sleazy Mm-hmm. Hope, hopefully <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right but who can say we've got a friend to die for from 1994 that has tori spelling and valerie harper Ooh. yeah it, it seems to alternate right because we have ones like she cried no she fought alone which i'm assuming are very mm-hmm. date rapey sexual assault how do i overcome personal tragedy mm-hmm. and then yeah ones like the babysitter seduction lying eyes with uh jamie rose and allison smith and yeah it's funny to me how many people from 90210 show up (laughs) in these oh yeah that was like a cottage industry for for Mm -hmm. those movies for a while (laughs) that aaron spelling (laughs) and maybe that's the other reason that i always had an inflated sense of what to expect from lifetime is that i associated it with the kind of teen drama that we were getting on 90210 or melrose place which like even those shows did drama better than what we saw in the babysitter seduction yeah well i think they're written better too Ah, there is that yeah. yeah. That, I really think that's the biggest flaw. It's just, it's it's not a well-written movie. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, anything else that we want to say about this film? I mean, if you're looking for an introduction to the genre and don't want any sex in it or anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. you know, anything <laughs> no thrills, no smut. <laughs> yeah, any, anything remotely sexual, you know, it, it's fine. I, a, a lot of what I have a problem with is not really the fault of the movie. Right. I mean, you know, the casting agent could not have predicted that, that <laughs> no. you know, 25 years later, you know, Stephen Collins would be a pariah and Felicia Rashad would be b- very publicly defending a rapist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or that Tobin Bell would become, you know, another... A horror icon. <laughs> right, you know, basically up there with Michael Myers and Jason mm-hmm. Voorhees. So you can't blame those parts of what the movie doesn't work on that. But, it, you know, be that as it may, it's still a big yeah. you know, part of enjoying the film is being able to accept these characters and accept these actors. And I wasn't able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it feels like an oddity, you know, like kind of a curio kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we just happened to stumble on the one with a really weird <laughs> cast that we have a right. lot of collective baggage on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, well, before we say where we're going to go next month, Gina, if people want to get a hold of you and talk to you more about Lifetime movies and what kind of gift they would give you to, like, wow you with opulence and wealth, uh, how would they do so? <laughs> well, it wouldn't be a car because I, uh, I don't drive, so that would be just a waste of money, so don't ah, do that. shit. Okay, well, I gotta go back to the dealership now. <laughs> um, but I am the co-host of the Kill by Kill podcast in which we talk about horror movies focusing on the characters and odd little background details. We just did, uh, our next episode is going to be on the 80s minor classic Killer Party. And then we're going to be oh, starting uh, uh, Scream 4 is going to be our next uh, multi-part movie that we're going to be covering. Nice. Uh, I, I also write about TV and movies at thespool.net. Uh, I just recently covered Midnight Mass, which I loved. Mm. It's so good. It's pretty close to flawless. Uh, I, I highly recommend it. And you can find me on Twitter under Porcelain72. Nice. And Jen. Uh, you can find me co-hosting the Psychoanalysis Podcast. I mentioned Cape Fear because we just covered that for our October theme, which is psychopaths and psychopathy. Mm. So we are talking about uh, Mr. Max Cady in that in our first episode. And then the second part of that series is going to be on Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Which oh, boy. Is, I know. I'm like, That's a fun movie. Woo, I know. Yeah, a we, lighthearted we just, romp. <laughs> <laughs> right exactly yeah cause we've we've recently covered maniac and then we're going into that and i'm like i'm just gonna need to be wow. taking lots of showers um yeah. and then you can also find me on the losers club where we are also covering midnight mass and we're gonna have an upcoming episode on all of the stephen king influences Ooh, which I can't wait. there are many and i also loved midnight mass it might be working on a piece that, <laughs> about that as well because there's just it's a, there's a lot in there <laughs> And so you can find me on both of those pods and at Jen Ferratu on all social channels. And I'll share stuff where you can find the other stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, yes. And you can hear me weekly on Horror Queers. And I occasionally write as well. I was supposed to write something about Midnight Mass, but I definitely <laughs> didn't get my ass in gear. So I think we covered it on Patreon. So that's fine. Mm. Uh, I have no thoughts on it because I'm only one episode in. And it seems lovely. Oh, so yeah. good. Yeah, Get ready to cry. Yeah, it, yeah, grab a box of tissues. Okay, good to know. <laughs> Honestly, I love a cathartic cry, so oh, I am here too. for it. Oh, me too. Yeah, my theory is that it is emotional masturbation. <laughs> nice. I love it. <laughs> uh, yes, and you can find me on all the social channels at bstormyremoteton. That's the letter B. So this is the end of our October episode. And we'll give a quick shout out to the Anatomy of a Screen Pod Squad Network for hosting us and being lovely. And ladies, we're going to reconvene next month and we're going to leave the 90s behind, which is scary to me because I <laughs> always feel like I associate the 90s with erotic thrillers. Mm -hmm. But Gina, you have picked Black Widow from 1987 as our next film. Yeah, we're going back. Okay, well, that is a light tease. You're giving nothing away, <laughs> keeping the cards very close to the chest. Yep, yep. you gotta listen. You gotta listen. Otherwise, I don't want to. You know, I don't want to give anything away for free. This is true. Yeah. Yes, Gina has confirmed she needs to be bought, but not by cars. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Well, until November and Black Widow, that is going to wrap up White Ladies in Crisis. 
Oh my god, we're back in the pool. I just realized this Uh-oh. movie is all about the pool and holding your breast. So um Stop stay throwing out necklaces at, at me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, buy Gina something nice, throw right. a necklace at Jen, and stay out of the pool. <laughs> the Anatomy of a Scream, Pod Squad.